Okay, we're back. It's week nine of the Brotherly Sports Podcast presented by The Fans Place. I'm the host, Sam Wexler, alongside Rory and Connor Billing, the brothers themselves. Guys, it's been a while since we talked, and a whole lot has happened. It's chaos at every corner, and the Astros somehow managed to win two series in a row. It's been a crazy time of sports, that's for sure. As sports gurus as we are, it's the best time of sports. You've got playoffs everywhere, all sports playing, college football back, but I think top storylines this week will be, especially on the baseball side, do the Astros deserve to be hated or are they actually good? What what does that look like? And then obviously COVID banking up in NFL and affecting that season. And then I don't know if you guys watched the Heat-Lakers game last night, but it was it's pretty awesome um, to see what Jimmy Butler is able to do and what the Heat have been able to do. So it's been certainly been a wild and crazy time of sports over the past week. Yeah, that um, I'm actually pretty happy the Heat won. Um, count me as one of the number, large number of people who don't want to see LeBron win another championship. <laughs> going to take another super, couple superstar performances from Jimmy Butler to, for them to have any shot, you know, coming back in seven. I want to say LeBron had, had won 17 of his last 18 closeout games in the playoffs. So um, wow. taking one is pretty impressive for the Heat. I think it was 18 of 19. It sounds like a 94% winning percentage in closeout games, which is unreal, actually. All right, we've got the NBA and some other stuff down the list in our rundown here for the show. Let's just start out right off the bat. Hot and cold performances of the week. Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. Ah, my hand, that's hot. This was hot, too. What does warm mean? For my hot performance, the Dodgers swept the Padres, dominated them. Uh, scoring double-digit runs, it was an impressive set of games to watch, especially considering how good the Padres were in the regular season. I think uh, the Padres just got hit by the injury bug a little bit too much to be able to compete with the Dodgers and Clevenger going down. So it's their bats just couldn't keep up, but also just proves how good the Dodgers are and how much depth they have that they're able to to sweep a, a good Padres team like that. But the Dodgers also did get a little lucky not having to face their best pitching. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then Rory, you had a Rosarena with his three jacks. Yeah, Rosarena is an interesting player. He um he came over via trade to the Rays, I think from the Cardinals. Um uh, I want to say in the last offseason and uh didn't hasn't quite gotten the look that I think most people thought he'd get for for the Rays squad, but he finished up the year pretty pretty strong he had an OPS over a thousand I believe for the year and you know the close game some of those games they played with the Yankees they didn't have a Rosarena I'm not sure they they would have won so he's become a key piece in that lineup um and there aren't really any stars in that lineup as as we all know the race style is to to sort of plug and play individual pieces based on matchups and they have a lot of depth across the board but he seems to be pretty plugged in as that three-hole hitter in a raised lineup that uh, is going to need to be able to hit to, to, to keep up with the Astros in this, in this next series. But it's always cool when you see a guy who's sort of bounced around a little bit, um, maybe not quite have the prospect luster that he used to have break out in a big way. Um, and Rosarina did that in the, uh, in that ALDS series. All right, let's move on to what we liked and hated biggest plays of the week mistakes. Music, sweet music. For this segment, I had a hated. I hated the Astros winning and beating the Athletics. 
in the ALDS. That was frustrating to see. But we already talked about it, and we already know that everyone hates the Astros. So what did you guys have? Yeah, Sam, you're definitely not alone. I, some of my baseball circles that I'm in, people are, are pretty upset that the Astros are, are proving that they may actually – may actually have been good enough to win a uh, World Series on talent as opposed to just because of the trash cans. Um, I actually went different direction. My uh, love for the last week, um, that at-bat last night with uh, Mike Brousseau hitting a home run after Roldis Chapman was one of the best things I've seen in baseball all year. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but um, earlier this season, Chapman looked like he purposely threw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball directly at Brousseau's head. Um, and resulted in some bad blood between the Rays and Yankees. And so Brousseau did about, had about the best possible response you could, you could have in that situation. Came up against Chapman last night, game tied 1-1 in the eighth inning, um, game five of the ALDS, and hit a fastball right down the middle over the left center, left center fence. That was, that was pretty awesome to see. And then um, I didn't see him you know, clap back at Chapman at all. They just sort of turned the other cheek and walked away and celebrated. So I, that's pretty – that's kind of what you see out of the Rays a lot. And it's one of the reasons why I love the Rays as an organization and I'm kind of rooting for them um, to, to, to win the whole thing this year. Yeah. It'd be fun to see Tampa Bay get another championship in the same calendar year after all that's happened. Yeah. I think for me, what I, what I liked was the Rays and Braves both, both making their respective big championship series with, I think it's been 19 years for the Braves and, and it's been 12 or so for the race, so it's fun to see some new teams in the championship series and fun teams to watch with a lot of really good young talent that just play the game right. Um, and what I hated was it looked like Alcantara threw out Acuna in the – granted, it hit him right in the meat of his leg, so it wasn't going to injure anyone, but came back to bite the Marlins too because they were up four runs at the time, and then it set the Braves off, but it kind of – I don't really understand throwing at a player when he hits a leadoff home run against you to try to, I don't know if it's to try to throw him off his rhythm or what it is, but they've hit Acuna before multiple times. I believe the Marlins have, so not really sure why they felt they needed to do that. Um, but the Braves made, made them pay by coming back and winning that game pretty handily. Yeah, actually, I like the Braves a lot, too. I think a Rays-Braves World Series would be super fun. Um, I know we were lamenting the Reds' inability to hit against the Braves, but, and it's not like the Marlins lineup is anything special. Um, but that, that pitching staff, Freed got hit a little bit in game one, but then Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright came out and really shut them down in games two and three. So I think the Braves are maybe a little bit better pitching team than we thought they were going to be. They lost Soroka. Um, they lost Hamels. They lost a lot of arms, but some of their young guys have, have sort of stepped up and filled that void. Um, I think it's going to be a very competitive series with the Dodgers, uh, maybe more so than some people think. And um, I think there's a legitimate chance at a, at a Rays-Braves World Series? I think it would be an understatement to say that the Rays-Braves would not have the same viewership that a Dodgers-Astros series would have. I think for TV viewership, Rays-Braves would be just kind of a ho-hum type of series. Do you guys have anything, any thoughts on the contrary? I mean, I think the Braves have a pretty passionate fan base, um, especially from all their success in the 90s and what they did. So I wouldn't be... I think the Braves would draw more people than um, than the general public would think. I think, yeah, the Rays, the Rays in there might be a little bit interesting given their attendance issues. But yeah, I mean the the bad blood between the Astros and the Dodgers, the storylines would just write themselves. All the big names, all maybe Kershaw. I think 
in my predictions, I actually have at the beginning of the year, my prediction was a Dodgers Astros rematch, I believe in the world series with Kershaw closing it out. So for that, for that to happen, it would be fun for to see Dodgers Astros, but I think I'd have more fun watching a Braves Rays World Series with all the young, exciting players and just the different ways they play the game. And I don't know. And those two, the, the Braves are going to be around to stay for a long time. So this might be the start of seeing the Braves in the NLCS potentially going to the World Series. As long as know, they stay healthy. Stay healthy. That lineup with Albies and Acuna and Freeman and Vizuna stays, and their pitching is only going to get better. It's the Braves might be the new king of the NL East and we'll start challenging the Dodgers for the king of the NL um, here. So we'll see. Um, I think we'd get more viewers Braves raised than people think, but yeah, definitely not as dramatic. And with all, all the excitement and bad blood you'd get with Dodgers Astros. And we're recording this the morning after the Yankees were knocked out by the Rays. So obviously the, my dream of seeing a Dodgers Yankees World Series. I'll have to wait till next year again. Yeah, the Yankees just can't. I mean, they can't seem to put it together right when it counts. I mean, that's sort of two years in a row of that. Um, so I don't know if they're, I mean, Garrett Cole was supposed to be the missing piece. Um, the Rays just play a really, really smart um, brand of baseball, and the Yankees haven't quite caught up to that yet. So, um, you know, it's interesting though, and I, I caught this a couple of days ago. I didn't realize this in the last, I think in the last 10 years, the three teams with the best records in the AL or the most wins over the last 10 years in the AL are the Rays, the Red Sox and the Yankees, which is just crazy. I mean, all three of those teams are in the AL East and one of those teams has about a third the amount of money as the other two have. So <laughs> baseball is a tricky game, but the Rays are doing with, you know, pennies, what the Yankees can't do with hundreds of dollars. So. I think it just shows you how much the injury bug will bite no matter how much money you spend. You can't spend enough money to avoid injuries. <laughs> and it seems like these teams that spend a lot of money somehow always get injured one way or another. It's almost like they spend more money on getting people than the training and the staff and things around keeping their players healthy. But yeah, it's, it's always interesting to watch. All right, moving on to soccer talk, the English Premier League. so far this season Everton is undefeated at the top of the table 12 points in four wins Liverpool got destroyed by Aston Villa and a whole lot of other stuff going crazy it looks like Christian Pulisic the wunderkind is going to be playing and Rory what did you have on your sheet here yeah I mean um Everton really is sort of the talk of the Premier League right now um do I think they're going to be near the top at the very end? No. Do I think they could compete for sort of that UEFA spot, maybe that four or five line? Um, they might have enough talent uh, to be able to do that. Hamas Rodriguez looks phenomenal. Um, uh, he looks like he's everything that, that they were hoping he might be in more um, in, in that midfield there. So they certainly have some talent. Uh, Richarlison has looked good, too, looked good as well. The Liverpool thrashing by Aston Villa is just sort of a where in the world did this come from <laughs> type of moment. Aston Villa is actually undefeated in three matches as well. They're they're 3-0, and so maybe they're slightly better than we thought they were going to be, but, you know, Liverpool shouldn't be getting beat 7-2 by anyone. 
um, especially not with the defense that they've built up over the years. And then a couple other points I had, um, you know, Chelsea finally got their debut from Ben Showell at left back. Uh, he had an assist and um, scored a goal in, in their 4-0 victory. Um, as a lot of people know, Chelsea's defense has been a significant issue. Um, so that seems to be a step in the right direction for them. And then um, my last point really is first international break is this weekend. Um, we're going to get some Nations League games, uh, which do have some bearing on World Cup qualification. We're actually at the point now where we're under two years out where we can start sort of talking about the World Cup again, which is pretty cool. It's my favorite, my favorite event in sports every four years. I don't think there's anything like it. Um, so we'll see how, how some of these uh, – some of these nations come out and how they start putting their squads together with an eye towards uh, 2022. It's crazy to think that we're already two years away from the 2018 world cup in Russia. And we're already two years or less from the next world cup and hopefully two years or one year away from the uh, American soccer fans being rewarded for their dedication to the team after 2018 debacle and finally getting their side into the uh, world cup proper. Yeah, speaking of, you know, having a lot of money and, and not being able to do anything with it, the U.S. <laughs> national team has certainly been um, has certainly not lived up to, to expectations. It would be pretty shocking if they they missed two World Cups in a row. Um, so we'll see how some of these young guys. And I know I, on the last segment I talked a little bit about how a lot of our younger guys are now playing in in more prominent positions for European clubs. Um, and I really think we're going to start seeing the fruits of that on the men's national team over this next, you know, couple international periods. Um, there'll be a lot more experience against that top level of talent, uh, which, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just a matter of time before the United States men's national team returns to the play in a semifinal game like they did in 1950 in our lifetime. But it's hard to tell whether it'll be in 2022, 26, or in – 82 or something like that it'd certainly be fun to see it on our own soil if they can string I mean, the, the timing's right you get the these young 18 19 20 year old players in european leagues now in the development leagues get them on the clubs and by the time 2026 20, rolls around they'll be in good form you'll have a couple of veterans who have been there before hopefully from the 2022 um, but some ones as well yeah fingers crossed and it would be great to see that happen on on u.s soil it's as obviously Rory and I played soccer basically our whole lives we're big soccer fans. Um, we were actually supposed to thinking about going to the world cup in 2018 and then the U S didn't qualify. So we decided it probably wasn't worth it. Um, but it would be awesome to see that in 2026 here and played in the U S and have a really good U S team to get behind. You guys could have even watched the English national team in a semifinal game last time. That's a bummer. It, it could have, yeah, it would have been some dual citizenship, some interesting figuring out who to support. And in the, all things considered, England should have made that final too. They just did not show up in that semifinal game. So that would have been pretty fun. Um, but that was a young England team too. So there's everything. 2022 could be another great World Cup for England as well. They just played a, their first few friendlies. They've looked pretty sharp. So that should be, that's a squad that'll be interesting to watch um, in the next World Cup as well. All right, moving on from the soccer talk and on to NFL. Are you ready, ready? We're ready! Are you ready for some football? Most exciting game you watched or the game you watched the most of? Colts, Bears, I watched most of it 
and Colts really controlled the tempo, controlled the pace. Bears floundered a little bit, turned back into the team we expected them to be. But as we're recording this, obviously, they're coming off a win against the Buccaneers. So I don't know how much that statement uh, still stands as being an informative game between the Colts and Bears now. Looks like the Bears might even be close to legit. I was pretty surprised by that Bears win. I think we can also talk about the fact that it looked like Brady thought it was third down when it was fourth down. So maybe he is getting a little old <laughs> and, and, forget, and forgetting the downs. Um, I actually had predicted the, the Bucks to win that in the pick and league. I mean, so I was pretty frustrated by Brady's choice there on fourth down when it looked like they had a good chance of driving down and winning it on a field goal. But I think with Foles at quarterback, the Bears could have just enough offense to back up that defense to be dangerous. Their defense had a little bit of an off year last year. Um, didn't have a Kim Nixon there, and the, the defensive tackle to help block up a lot of the run. And Khalil Mack didn't really – he didn't look as good as he does this year. So if this defense keeps playing the way they they play and they've – with Foles there, they've got enough arm power and you know winning mindset to be able to, I think, compete and – They've all the analysts over the past few weeks have written about the Bears. They got super lucky in the first the first few weeks of their comeback wins, and they played well against the Bucks. The Bucks, granted, beat themselves a lot, but the Bucks are a perennial our team favored to be in the playoffs, and the Bears beat them. And I don't think the Bears are going to blow anyone out, but they I think they could end up sweeping in the playoffs. But they play the Packers here Packers here soon, and that'll be a good test. So, Connor, you think the Bears might finish with a winning record? I think that that defense, if that defense keeps playing the way it, it, it is now, I think there's a good chance. Um, they've always had skill position wide receivers. When I mean, they have Allen Robinson, they've got Montgomery back there, catch out of the backfield. Um, it's unfortunate that Tariq Cohen went down, but they've got enough skill out there to to win if their defense holds the opponents to 20 points and under. If they can average that, I think there's a good chance the Bears have a winning record by the end of the season. And I think it would be unfair to talk Colts for so long and then not talk Bengals for your guys' Cincinnati home team. Joe Burrow, he got the game ball from the team and then decided to put it back in the team bag for practice. What did you guys think of that move? Was that a big leadership move? Uh, Joe Burrow is a total stud. I mean, the man knows exactly what he should be doing. I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I, his exact quote was, you, don't get, you only get so many good balls, so you might as well. I'm putting that one straight back in so we can keep using it. Um, Bengals will probably will have a huge test this week against the Ravens. Um, they're really pretty close to 500. Uh, that Eagles, you know, tie if they had managed to pull that one out, they'd be two and two. I don't, I don't really see them beating the Ravens, but they might stay a little bit more competitive than they have in previous years. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, um, the game that I watched probably most of last week, yeah, Eagles 49ers match. The, the 49ers almost came back in the final minutes, but CJ Bethard couldn't quite couldn't quite get it done. Um, the 49ers are an interesting team. They've sort of they've obviously had those defensive injuries early in the season. Uh, Garoppolo went down as well. They kind of all got destroyed off that one game with with the rough turf. And then the Eagles are also an interesting team. They're one two and one, and yet they still somehow lead. Um, their division um, with Washington at one and three and obviously Dallas and the Giants looking pretty rough as well. Um, uh, Wentz finally, well, finally got a win there. So um, that game, 
I don't know if I'd say it was particularly exciting until the end, but uh, the 49ers had a chance there to pull it out and, and they didn't. So I'm curious to see where both of those teams end up. I think, you know, Connor's comments on the bears being, being over 500. Um, I think they've got a good shot. I think they might finish eight and eight. I think, you know, that are the Eagles going to be over 500. I think that's another potentially good, good question to ask. I think there's a chance they end up eight, seven and one and just barely do it mainly because they get to play the three other teams in their division, <laughs> you know, the rest of the way out. So um, I, I could see them returning to the postseason even if they limp in. It seems to me like the Eagles and the Marlins, not just because of the color schemes and the East Coast vibes each of them has, it seems like they're pretty similar. Uh, the Eagles are the Marlins of football, if you will. <laughs> so I guess I have to talk about them every week then to keep up with my uh, Marlins obsession. Is that fair, Connor? I think so. I, th- I think the – Questionable the leadership and uh, field <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> I think the, the Eagles are definitely better than what their record says. Talk about a team that's always plagued by injuries. It seems like they can never get their top three wide receivers on the field. So Wentz gets hit or at least one or two of their linemen are out as well. So that team always has it rough for whatever reason, year after year after year, they can't stay healthy. And they squeak into the playoffs at nine and seven, and then some of their players come back and they win their divisional rounds somehow or wild card rounds. So we'll see what happens there. I think what kind of got lost a little bit too last week, the score looked a lot worse, like twenty six ten with the Chiefs beating the Patriots. But really, that game was super close all most of the game until Edelman basically gifted them a pick six, which broke that game a little bit wide open with a, a pass dropping off his hand. So just. I think that's just more support for what Belichick is able to do that a combination of Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, um, a gifted pick six, and they still kept that game really close. And that Patriots defense, they found ways to confuse Mahomes. And you can blame it on the fact that they couldn't practice for one day because of COVID and it was a little bit off. And But I think it's just more support to the scheme and the the intelligence over there on the Patriots from a coaching perspective and what they're able to do. You get Cam Newton back in another day or two. And I know I'll be watching those Bills Patriots games very closely with how the Bills are playing up against the genius of the Patriots. Yeah, Bill Belichick's a genius and I think it'll be hard to stop him no matter how many players on his team get COVID. All right. Storylines we're watching as we head into the weekend. For me it's Dodgers and Astros possibly in the World Series again, although, you know, there's up to 14 games to play before we figure that out. It still looks like that could be a real possibility. Connor? For me, it's I'm watching the Astros, obviously, and tracking that storyline and what's happening there. But then also COVID is starting to run rampant in the NFL. Um Thankfully, it looks like we've got a Tuesday game this week and the Patriots game has moved to Monday, so the schedule is switching around. So that's something to keep an eye, keep keeping an eye on. You know, there was talk about because the Titans violated the rules, they might even have to forfeit a game, which is pretty crazy. Um, they were practicing so, at a high school field, isn't that right? Right, <laughs> practicing yeah. at a high school field. And you hear some of the talk shows about, well, these guys are just trying to do their jobs and they're getting penalized for trying to practice. And that's why they got penalized, which – so who knows? And then there was talk about the NFL didn't really have any guidelines or rules and now they're trying to put them in place. So 
kind of tracking that because this season it's so it's not like baseball where you can play double headers or you can squeeze things in or you can figure it out baseball is just too much of a punishing sport to be able to do football is sorry so definitely tracking that storyline and seeing what happens there yeah i'll piggyback off that a little bit um mainly because I really want to see this Buffalo-Tennessee game happen. Um, I think that's going to be a, a very, very good game. I think Tennessee is better than most teams – or most people think they are. I think Buffalo is actually even better than 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 their 4-0 and record might say as well. I think that could be a very, a very fun game to watch. I also wonder if the NFL is looking at all this and they're starting to think maybe we'll just play a game every night of the week, you know, next year because I'm sure the TV viewership is, is pretty, pretty great for that. Um, the other storyline, though, is – you know, can the can the Dodgers deliver on their promise? Um, I think the other three teams that have made it this far, the Astros, the Rays, and the Braves, you know, if they get knocked out in the championship series, it's still going to hurt because obviously they made it this far, but I think they could all consider the season a success even if they go out in this round. Whereas, other, than, other than the Dodgers. Right, yeah, whereas the Dodgers, it's World Series or bust for them. I mean, not, yep. not – series it's win the world series or bust for them um they're going to be disappointed you know severely disappointed with anything less kind of like the yankees they've kind of gotten they've gotten to a certain point and not been able to do it so you know that's what i'll be watching over the next next couple weeks especially this this brave series i really think the braves are going to be a little bit of a pesky team um in this series and they, they play with a lot of passion and seem to have a pretty good clubhouse um and those young pitchers are delivering so um we'll see if the dodgers can do it all right, one last thought. Let's wrap it up, guys. All right, you sad sacks. Last call. Rory, your final Marlins man segment of the year. Yeah, I can't talk about them anymore because they were officially knocked out. But they did make the NLDS, which I think validates the fact that I understand the sport of baseball. <laughs> yeah, this just in. Rory does comprehend how baseball works. <laughs> I think my one last thought is to one-up that the Astros and the Dodgers both make the World Series. I know baseball even better to, than Rory does because my prediction will be right from the beginning of the year. Yeah, the same and, prediction and, everybody else and their mom made. <laughs> and then if if Clayton Kershaw actually closes out the final game to win it for the Dodgers, then I really am a baseball god. So we'll see. Here, here I am holding out hope for that so I can be relevant for once since all my fantasy sports teams this year are terrible. I have to hang my hat on something for knowing <laughs> sports. All right. My one last thought is the fact that I really want to tweet uh, something to the effect of. Uh, <laughs> Clearly it's not a good enough tweet. If you can't remember what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tweet something about triples being better than home runs. Cause they're more exciting. And I feel like a bases clearing triple with a bat flip would be way more electric than a solo shot. It would be right or wrong. Run really fast to be able to flip your bat, walk a few steps, and still make it to third. Well, you can bat flip while moving, you know. That's true. It's like while throwing on the run as a quarterback. I want to see. I want to see baseball players bat flip every time they get a hit. You know, smoke a grounder up the middle, bat flip. <laughs> now we're, now we're going to start baseball is going to start turning into the bat flip. Bat flip. <laughs> the Korean baseball. Yeah. Baseball is going to start turning into the NFL where after every basic tackle, they get up and yell and flex their, flex their muscles as if they just did something amazing. Yeah, so and one out of every thing. 10 yeah. celebrations uh, results in an injury, a pulled hamstring. Yeah, yeah. Baseball should do the same thing. Every time they catch a fly ball, they should just start prancing around in the outfield. If baseball, yeah, just doing some dance moves. If baseball you know. players celebrated as often as NFL players, 
there would be a lot more injuries in baseball than there. <laughs> a lot of those guys can't even jump up and down. <laughs> <laughs> all right so my la- one last thought is just triples are more exciting than home runs full stop end of story that's fair all right that's been week nine of the brotherly sports podcast presented by the fans place i'm wex alongside the brothers you can check out the fansplace.com and download the app on the app store and the google play store and make your saturday game picks of the week and play along and try to join the chase and win a hundred dollars every week is that right guys yeah, actually, right now we're doing uh, two fifty to win the postseason contest and a uh, hundred dollars a second. So there's definitely some money on the line. I think I won in week three, but I don't know how to redeem my prize, so I'll have to figure that out after the season ends. <laughs> we'll get you squared away. Yeah. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening.